This is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where every week we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, come on, you never watched Something's Gotta Give? Or, you seriously have never seen Love and Basketball? Or, how have you not seen Waitress? everyone to have you not seen and welcome back to love month i am your co-host carson betts and i am your other co-host caroline thompson this is a movie podcast where every week uh we bring one of our favorite movies that the other one hasn't seen we talk about it we go watch the movie and then we talk about it some more it's gonna be uh tasty like pie like like delicious diner pie and like romance and like romance the sweetest the sweetest of all fruits in the words of who are the fucking singers is it megan the stallion and doja cat it will be the sweetest pie (laughs) do you know that song no i do not i think those are the two women that sing it my Um, almost 30 is showing yeah well (laughs) um all right uh so caroline have you not seen have you not seen waitress have you seen the musical no i've listened to the soundtrack of the musical and it fucks hard it does um But I do not know how I have not seen Waitress. Um, It is very bad of me. And it is one of those films that just like everything I know about it, I feel like this is going to become my personality for the next couple weeks. I can Um, see that happening, yeah. Because it just kind of feels like my vibe. The musical especially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I uh, don't have a good story other than uh, I just haven't seen Waitress. And nobody Uh has told me to watch Waitress except for you. Yeah. Yeah, for the sake of this podcast. Yes, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll say this is also week two of a series of uh, movies that my mom likes. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Uh, it's also like her favorite. This is also my mom's two favorite musicals, Caroline. You ready for this? Uh-huh. Waitress, Rent. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Weird, but like it makes a lot <laughs> yeah. of sense. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like last year we went and saw Waitress and I was like, wait a second. Caroline. Have you seen the movie Waitress? And, and I said, like, no. No. Yeah. Um, so what do you know about Waitress? Uh, Obviously you've heard the album, so probably... Yes, I, I have heard the album, but I have heard it very not, like, paying attention to sure. Like, very much like, oh, I'm doing research for musical theater stuff. Like, let me yeah. go through a bunch of musicals. And vibe like, into oh. Sarah Bareilles. Yeah. Um, God, I know that she is a waitress. I know that she works in a diner mm. and there is pie mm. and the, uh, the color scheme I'm getting is it's giving like powder blue. I think that's more, more the stage a picture show. of the stage show. Yeah. Okay, if I remember great. correctly, it's more, it's definitely a stage show. I'm trying to remember how much powder blue there is in the movie, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I know it's tragic, but like we kind of can't not talk about yeah. it. Like I, I know the, I, if I, if I understand correctly, the, the filmmaker of this film, uh, passed, tragically yes, was yes. um was a yeah was killed yeah um which is like a, a bummer downer but like we can't not talk about the filmmaker yep. uh, in the film or in the episode about her film mm-hmm. um that's pretty much it okay. do you know any of the actors in this movie i sure but i don't uh at least not off the top of my head okay 
got a little. I'll just. I'll give you a little. Are you ready for this? We yes. Got a little, we got a little Carrie Russell in here. Okay. Carrie Russell. We got a little Nathan Fillion. Oh, really? Really? Okay. Are you ready for this one? Here's the. Here's a fucking. Curveball. Lay it on me. Little Andy Griffith in this movie. Really weird, right? Uh-huh. Very old. Yeah. I take it because this was what 2007. That's correct. 2007. Okay. Yeah. I knew it was 2007. Uh-huh. 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 All right. Well, that's all you know. Let's get into our game for the week. Let's do it. We are going to be playing the Untitled Letterboxed game. Oh, okay. Uh, right. For those of you out there listening, if you're unfamiliar with it, Letterboxed is a uh, movie-based social media which people go on and log the movies that they've seen. They also leave uh, user-submitted reviews for those movies on a one-to-five-star scale. I have gone in Letterboxed, uh, found three movies, one of them being the movie we're discussing today, Waitress, uh, found uh, three either one- or one-half-star ratings for those three movies. I'm going to read the reviews, and then Caroline's going to have to try and guess which one of the reviews is for the movie Waitress. She gets bonus points if she can uh, figure out what the other two movies are. Are you ready? I am so ready. All right, let's start. This is a a one-half star review. I will add also Hearted, meaning that this is in their favorites movie list, but also one-half star. Watched November 27th, 2022. Pretty fire. Unfortunately, this chick looks exactly like my middle school crush. She never talked to me. I'm really sad now. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Number two. This is uh, also half a star. Watched September 19th, 2022. One of the worst teen movies I've ever seen. For teen girls? I've never seen girls like that in the real world. It's really degrading for women and girls to watch this. One, all the girls in this movie are liars. Two, all the girls are fake snakes who talk behind the back of their friends. Three, they're all mean. Four, they only care about being hot, a hot boy, and having followers. Five, most of them are dumb or have to pretend to be? In what shitty world does this shit take... Wait, I would like to also edit that this sentence is written, in which shitty world does this, and then the second time they write shit, they have the I asterisk out. (laughs) Okay. Take place. What's the message? It's a really bad movie. Okay, wow. Very angry. Oh, yeah. Number three... Also half a star watched the same month as the other one, September 8th, 2022. Fine movie. I would rather die and rot in the depths of hell than ever have to experience anything that happened in this. Once again, fine movie, but it physically pained me every single second that I had to watch what happened. I'm sorry I made this game so hard. I was going to say, I'm <laughs> sure one of the these is about the film Waitress. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I really brought the thunder this week. I apologize. No, that's okay. Um, So the first one... Yes. Because the second one was horrific. Like, every girl in this, like, this sucks. They're all dumb or pretending yeah. to be dumb. Mean. Give me a refresher on the first one again, because that second one really, really grabbed <laughs> yeah, really attention. Kind of. uh, first one is Pretty Fire. Unfortunately, this chick looks exactly like my middle school crush. That's right. That's she never right. talked to me. I'm really sad now. And then the third one was would rather die in a desert than have to experience anything that happened in this <laughs> Die one. and rot in the depths of hell. Jesus. Um, okay, I'm going to say that the first one is Waitress, because I don't think, and I could be wrong, I really don't know the plot of this film. Maybe this film is horrifically uh, traumatic and, and, and terrible and about a waitress going through the worst possible things, but I kind of assume that this film is like 
one of those uh, films about like, you know, your average working person who has big dreams and finds themselves in a, you know, in kind of a boring place where what does it all mean and is very wistful yet sad about life. I, I don't feel like this is a film in which horrible, terrible things happen and you would never, that you would never, ever, ever want to live through. Um, and I don't think it's about teens either because they correct, because like the, the filmmaker is the waitress, right? Like she, no, no, no. Did I make that up? Yeah, I think you're thinking of Sarah Bareilles playing okay. the character on Broadway. Okay. Well then never mind then. Yeah. But, um, I still, I don't, I, I feel like this movie is very much about adults, not about teens. So I'm going to say the first one is waitress. I'm going to say the second one is clueless. And I'm going to say that the third one is waiting. Okay, final answer. Final answer. Eh, eh, eh. Ah! Yeah, sorry. Uh, the third one is Waitress. Fine okay. movie, but I would die and rot in the depths of hell. Be honest, I kind of see it. Also, little overreaction, but okay. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, the first one, Pretty Fire, unfortunately, as chick looks like my middle school crush, is Legally Blonde. Oh, okay. And the, and the second one, the big ass long one, is Mean Girls. Oh, interesting. So okay. All movies that have been... Uh, adapted into oh, Broadway. Oh, okay, musicals. okay. I was gonna say, yeah. I was gonna say, what's the through line here? That they're all about women, <laughs> like movies from the two thousands about girls. I mean, uh, that have all been adapted into yeah, into, into Broadway shows. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I would just like to say, I love the second one because their complaint about the movie seems to be girls too mean and mean girls. <laughs> yeah, really. For a film called Mean Girls, these girls sure are mean. Mean. I hate watching them be mean. Um, all right. Well, I apologize. Why are all those wars and the stars in this movie? I fucking hate it. Oh, you say that because we just watched Star Wars. Yes. Um, so that being said, you ready? Let's go watch Waitress. Let's go watch. Waitress. Hell yeah! Let's I'm do it. it. All right, let's go. Hi. 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 <laughs> Also pie. I'm really also glad pie. y'all picked up on the bit because I will say when I re when I re-reviewed this on Letterboxd, my review was just the word pie. Just the word pie. I know I yeah. saw that. Okay, good. Um, I was I was wholly unprepared for how much of this movie was actually about pie. It's so much. Like, I was trying to make you aware of just how much it well, is because, about like, pie. We've all been to we've all been to diners wherein they have the big open glass case up yeah, front yeah. and there's a bunch of pies for example carson the the mm-hmm. diner you and i frequent when i come to visit you it's true uh, yes it's right around the corner it mm-hmm. has many a pie in, many, many in the little in the little case so i figured like okay pie is probably like a recurring like motif that they go back to or maybe it's just like one of the characters just like is always ordering the pie at the diner but like no they only serve pie Seemingly. It's Joe's Pie Diner. Yeah. It's the main attraction. Yeah, which I did not... I I, I, I don't know if that is actually a thing in the South, but... <laughs> she comes up with a new pie every day, which, I, again, to me, seems like an untenable business model, but I, I don't know. Maybe right. that's a thing. Like, it is one of those things that I, I don't know what is stranger, Um like if this is a real life stranger than fiction kind of thing, because it's like, is it like, is it more insane to know that uh, Adrian Shelley just made that idea up? Yeah. 
and was like, what if there was a diner that only served pie? Or if Adrian Shelley borrowed that from real life because that is yeah. a thing that exists. Yeah, like what's the what's the seed of the idea there? Is it, I imagine the seed of the idea is woman in an abusive relationship gets pregnant, needs to get out. That's the thing. At what point in that does the pie come in? Because yes. it's a, it's a, it's a part of her, it's a major part of her character. It is the way she expresses herself. Right. Like to the world, you know? Yes. Which is, and we'll get into this later, but it's kind of the brilliance of Carrie Russell's performance, I think, is that she is uh, so, so expressive and, and so emotional uh, in the voiceovers and so closed off and so cold in so much of the, uh, the actual like filmed material of her on screen. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent is you'd have to be. And I mean, I think that's, I think it's a big part of the performance too, but I think it's like also just like a big part of the writing as well mm. of just like, you know, those, those sequences are kind of those like in her head fantasies. Um, so I think, I think it lends itself to that, like very, but like, very obviously, but yeah. also I think Carrie Russell does a very good job doing it. And I think I think I think they are they are very well directed, I think, as very well. Very much so. Okay. So Caroline, let's just we, we already did the game. So what do you what do you think of waitress overall? What are your thoughts? Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. Yeah. I I really, really I don't know that I have any like grand like master take other but maybe I, I shall form one as as the as we go along but i think i think the big thing for me is i really like in all elements of this movie how small it is Mm -hmm. um and i think it really 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 clearly uh is a film that is written and directed by a woman yeah um which i which i very much enjoy um you know, it's one of those things that like, I mean, it's a double-edged sword and we've talked about it on the show before, but it's that thing of like, it is that thing of, boy, I wish that like, <laughs> I wish that there wasn't such like a gendered difference or like a, you know, like a cishet versus queer mm-hmm. difference in film. I wish that like people who weren't straight men were getting enough opportunities that there was just a you know, quite a, quite a, quite a spectrum of filmmaking and like filmic, like language and like vibe in our culture that like these things weren't distinguishable and people could Mm -hmm. kind of pass in and out of, of, you know, of kind of like styles and themes, but that is unfortunately not the world we live in. The world we live in is uh, one in which overwhelming amount of films are even films about like, you know, a woman's experience. It are, created by and uh written by men Mm -hmm. um and we do live in that world so it's like when when the 15 percent like of those films that are like that do hit the you know i don't even know if i would call this on mainstream but like when you are presented with a film that is not a a written by a cishet white dude from america you're kind of like oh wow this really like this is this is like quite a quite a breath of fresh air yeah um, and I think we can get into that a little bit, but I also, but kind of like my big point with both of those things about how, like how that relates to its smallness as well, is I think that there is this impulse specifically, uh, in like Hollywood films written and 
directed by men to make things like so overpowering mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And like maybe if if it like a cis het white guy, no offense, guys, uh, was not taken. Oh, fuck us. <laughs> I know that was mostly a bit. The apology was mostly a bit. Um, yeah. But like if if someone like that was making this even this exact script, I feel yeah. like the impulse to make Earl like like fucking scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was or literally like, just like, thinking that when you said like, that. Yeah. Or like like really like capital V I O L E N T violent. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that that impulse would kind of take over, and I I think that um. And, you know, and having, like, showing Carrie Russell, like, constantly breaking down and sobbing and, like, like, you know, having, like, violent panic attacks Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, And instead, like, there is so much juice in just the, like, Earl is, like, like, extremely disrespectful and rude and, like, and, like, violent in very small ways that lets your brain just fill in so much more in a way that makes it like way more menacing. Like the first time, like the first two like physical things we see from him is like, like a slap across the face and Mm -hmm. like shitty to do no matter what. Yeah. Like really shitty to do. Don't do that. Anyone to anyone. Uh, Don't slap people. Don't don't go around slapping people. Don't. But you know, it isn't, it isn't like a full arm wind up like as hard as a human could possibly hit another human. No. The other one is just it's the weird face push. I was about to say the face the push. I think about the face push all the time. And because it's, it's like weird. Yeah. And it's, and it, and it isn't what we're used to seeing in films, which mm-hmm. is typically like, oh, you want to know how bad a husband is? Look how like brutally he like, yeah does x y and z and instead you're just like oh my god if this is how he acts when he's just like picking her up from work either this is quite literally incessant which you do kind of see throughout their future interactions like either this is like literally very incessant and just like extremely unhealthy and bad and that is really bad in its own right or you can kind of fill in like if this is how he is when he's just picking her up from work it's probably about this level 98% 98% of the time and then holy shit that 2% of the time yeah and I, yeah. yeah go ahead um I think along this along these same lines um the sexual coercion that we see is uh-huh. never is never super explicit or like violent mm-hmm. and I think if this were made by a man it would be very voyeuristic and we would see like an entire actual se- not to accidentally wade into the sex scene discourse, but uh, you know, we would potentially yeah. see something a lot more explicit and voyeuristic. Whereas here we kind of see them leading up to it, but we don't ever really see them like the moment when we just see him yeah. feeling her and then her kind of accepting, okay, this is mm-hmm. what I have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think of, I, of course, I think that's a really good point. And I think that a big thing too, is that in our, in our, in our culture, like if you are depicting a scene of like coercion, like you're talking about, Corey, I think that the natural impulse of not all, but most men would be like, you know, well, it's got to be really overt. Mm-hmm. And like, we have to really sell that like this thing is bad. And like, it has to be really like big and obnoxious. And it's like, and it's like, you know, for Adrian Shelley to just be like, 
no, like it is bad when it is this small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even when it is yeah. this like non-violent, like not physically violent. And even when it is like someone, you know, and somebody you've like been with before and like when it's even when it's this small, it's really bad. And I think that and not just to talk about like the violence she faces, because like I don't want that to be the only thing we talk about. Of course. Um, But like it's just the same thing, too, with like her circle of friends is so small, Mm -hmm. but so important. And like the diner she works in is so small. And it's like, you know, all we really see of the town where she lives is the diner and uh, the doctor's office, mm-hmm. you know, yard uh, sale. Yeah. And just like, you know, it's like, and it's like her world is so small and it doesn't need to be these like grand, amazing, like, and I don't know. I, I, I think there is something lovely to be said about films that are kind of expressionistic in that, like my world is so small yet we are depicting these things as if they are gigantic because they are gigantic to the character but i also like this approach too where it's like it's like we can make actually a really small movie because like some people do live mm-hmm. in small towns and have you know and sometimes people's dreams are sometimes some people's like wildest dreams are just to win a, a, a pie bake off and yeah. that's great and i love yeah. that yeah yeah and yeah. it's wonderful and like yeah and it's like what's the victory of this movie is she puts a new coat of paint on a kind of shitty diner and she just gets to make her pies and and hang out with her daughter yeah it's, so it's, nice. it's very lovely yeah i i do want to before we move on from this conversation i do want to add like two quick things one is that yes, like please the other part of the brilliance of the writing with earl and also i think it also speaks to jeremy's sister's performance i think he plays this quite well is that like i think another director especially a male director who's showing this violence probably might accidentally get to the point where they're leaning into, okay, well, this man has all this coercive power over her and it's because he's very powerful. It's because he is very physically dominant. It's because he is you know, yeah. putting out a lot of force. Earl's also a fucking uh, little uh, pathetic little bitch. Like that's Correct. the other thing about that character is that he is like, content, like consistently shows himself to be a, like a hollow little man child. And like the reason that he enacts this violence is because he can't, he like just does not have the the sense of self to feel powerful in any other part of his life. Like he's just such a little crybaby. Um, and that also being said, I think when it comes to the depiction of like all the men in this movie, like even the men who are fundamentally nice and good to and good for Jenna or good to and good for her friends, there is always kind of this power differential that is so palpable. Yeah, 100%. Like, like with, and they kind of change it. And we'll talk about the musical a little bit later. Sure, I'm I'm sure. But like they kind of, they kind of, I think, sanitize that a bit in the musical because it, it, it makes a little gross otherwise. But like Al in this movie is like, the whole conversation they have at the end was like, ah, maybe I'm not such a bad guy after all. That is the one inclination of like, yeah, actually, maybe he's like a decent dude. You know, yeah. he's like well, a shithead, but he's like eh, kind of a decent dude. And that's as far as he goes. Right. Well, and I think I mean, I I, I love that point, Carson, because it's yeah. like, I think that that is I don't think I don't know. I guess if you're trying to make like I don't know, because I feel like, yeah, this movie, there are like difficult parts of this movie and parts of this movie are difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. But overall, I would say like 
correct me if you guys think I'm wrong. I think overall, this is a feel good movie. Yes. Yes. I would agree. Absolutely. That's why I included it in love month, despite the fact that it does not fundamentally end with a love story. I mean, it does with her and with her her and her her daughter daughter and her and herself and her Uh and her life choices. Yeah. Um, I and mean, Nathan I Fillion mean, gets to be there too, a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's like it's like Frozen's a love story. Yeah, but it's about uh, two sisters. It's just about know? two sisters, baby. You, True did love, you baby. Know that Logan's actually a western. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, but it's like, but I, I, I. I don't think, and like, whatever, if you're trying to be like a super feel good crowd pleasing musical, like maybe you do need to sanitize a little bit of this, Mm -hmm. but also I, I don't think it needs sanitizing because I think it's a very like specific call on Adrian Shelley's like point. Like, I think it's a very conscious decision Mm -hmm. of like, you know, we're kind of born into these places, into these small towns and, you know, like, for the women there, like all of the women until we meet Nathan Fillion's wife at the mm-hmm. end, um, like all of these women are like in the same boat. They're all service workers. They are all kind of like the lowest in the hierarchy. And like the men who are in their lives, like none of them. And I would honestly kind of to your point, Carson, I would to mm-hmm. some degree include Earl in this. Earl is like edging out of this Venn diagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But none of them are like, oh, I fought so hard to gain this like privilege that I have. Like yeah. I clawed at it and now I won't let it go. They're mm-hmm. all just kind of born into it and blinded by it and yeah, blind yeah. to it. And I don't think any of them um excluding Earl, like really, really abuse it consciously. It's just kind of inherently there. Yeah. And it's like, and it's, and I think that that's like, you know, the the three women, we meet them all at the top, all at the beginning, they're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And then all of the men are in kind of different areas. There's a husband, there's the owner, there's the manager, and there's the doctor. Yeah. And they all and there's the weird stalker. And there's the weird stalker. Yeah. Um, yes. And and it's like. Oh, I love Ogie. He is actually the one character I think I prefer the musical version of him. And Absolutely. we might get, we'll, we'll get into that later. But yeah, keep going on, Caroline. But yeah. And so it's like, it's like, I, I think, you know, I mean, if we want to get, if we want to get full terminally online Twitter, Twitter brain about it, it's like, I can't believe Adrian Shelley, like, you know, I can't believe Adrian Shelley would put these characters in here like this. Does she not, does she not know they're problematic? But it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like the, 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 the the, 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 the point Adrian the whole point Shelley. is that it's like this weird portrait of like the small town where like eh, it, yeah it's messy yeah it's weird uh oh god like you know it, it is very wrong for someone to uh be uh having an affair with their patient mm-hmm. uh but like you know sometimes shit happens you know yeah 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 adrian shelley the writer and director of this film playing a character in this film verbalizes that exact thing because jen is like oh my god you're cheating on your husband and she's like okay yeah like i know that's shitty and i'm probably going to hell but like you know, he's he's infirmed, he's fucking crazy, but I can't leave him because that would be unnecessarily cruel. And like Cal's kind of a shithead, but he's basically a nice dude and we get along okay and it's nice and it's good for both of us. And yeah. like 
And like, sometimes that's all you can hope for. That's sometimes that is the, you know, the cards that life deals you. Um, Just, just a real quick correction, Carson, Adrian Shelley's Dawn, the other one, she's the little mousy one who is uh, having the soccer. Uh, Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. Becky Cheryl Hines is played by Cheryl Hines. Oh. But yes, but still, but she still wrote the fucking movie and shot the oh. goddamn movie. Wow, well, yeah, yeah. But She's yes. standing right there. Okay, well, yeah, I'm she, done. Sorry. No. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but yes, uh, no, I know. And like, I don't know. I I really, I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really enjoyed this this whole little little movie. And uh, let's talk about the Carrie Russell performance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's really good. And it's, it's I don't know, I do find, I do find, I just want to make sure we are taking time because like in a film like this, in a film, because she's for the most part, like in a lot of ways, like, yeah, she's saving her money. Yeah, she is. Uh, like she like is like making a plan. But in a lot of this, she's a very passive you know, protagonist, she's kind of like, oh shit, I'm going to deal with these circumstances as they arise. But like, she doesn't really make any of the circumstances happen. So Mm -hmm. it's, it is easy to kind of jump to like, oh my God, the Earl performance or like the way Earl is written. But like, I think Carrie Russell is incredible in this. Um, I think she has some really, really, really good, great comedic timing. And I think she- Great straight man. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, and just like the the moments where she attacks Nathan Fillion, I cackled mm-hmm. every time because yeah. the, the comedic timing is so excellent. Um, and just like, I don't know, I think she she balances this movie so well with while never wading into like kind of like a pathetic or overly like sympathetic, you know, or like a really showy performance. I think she balances it really, really well. Yeah, she she is a great straight man and just the physical. I mean, the physical, obviously, it is the one showy part of the performance, but the fucking the smile montage. Oh, it's so good. It's yeah. so funny and and so cute. And uh, yeah, and she trying to think of a way to verbally express this, like her power as a character, the kind of the place she really derives her strength is not that. Not that she's some girl boss that's going to, like, overcome this. She does eventually overcome it, and you do have that moment of joy when she tells Earl to fuck off, you know? Which is, like, again, I'm comparing everything to the musical, but I just saw it a couple of months ago. That is, like, they, they it's one of those moments where they work in the applause in the musical because, obviously, everybody in the audience is going to lose their fucking mind. But, like, her power as a character and as a woman is just her ability to, like, outlast this shit, to, like, mm-hmm. not let it get... And you kind of have the... You have her keep it, her keeping the diary to the baby and kind of telling the baby about all of her doubts and all of her insecurities mm-hmm. and like just just the oh no what's going to happen I don't think I can get through this oh my god what's going to happen I don't know if I can get through this maybe I can get through this oh I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this and that it's the thing I kind of mentioned before but like that compared to her performance on screen which is so steely as to be almost stoic sometimes but is I think actually just belaying a great internal an internal, you know, fight. Like it's, it's her ability yeah. to kind of clamp down on that. That's really, you know, really cool. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's something that like, I don't know, um, you know, on, <laughs> this is such a dumb thing I am about to say, okay. but like on the, <laughs> on the spectrum of, uh, of 
the oh god please save my baby woman from the Sam mm-hmm. Raimi Spider-Man yeah, uh-huh. to uh <laughs> get away from her you bitch in ah, aliens. Uh, all like, the mothers all the, the mothers the spectrum of 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 mothers um I like that she does play like the the very strong protector mm-hmm. role um because you know there there is a way to get really really precious with this where yeah, it's like the, yeah. the it's like ah oh, well you know the hysterical woman is just worried for her baby again uh, she could turn into Bella Swan to make another yes. reference there is there yes. is that version of it too and I think that this film walks a really good line of like and I mean well documented on this podcast I fucking love Aliens it's one of my favorite movies of all time mm-hmm. but like. You know, she she never veers into like like stone cold bitch. Like I like I've been so hardened by these by these things that like now I like don't care who I fucking shoot in the face with a power loader. The power loader doesn't have a gun on it. I don't know why I said that, but um, but you know, and and she never veers into like crazy hysterical Mm -hmm. land. I think she plays the very good. Like I am going to be as strong as I like need to be plus some but then you get that like ultra vulnerability with the uh diary entries with the letters yeah um that like adds a really important texture to the performance and I think between those and the scenes of her like in the in the scenes of of her baking and like her narration while she's baking like I think it forms a nice little triangle of like, you know, we never have to get too big. We never have to get too showy. We never have to get too crazy. But like there's mm. there's a lot of texture and Carrie Russell navigates it all very well. Yeah. To where yeah. like this feels very, very, very real. Yeah. Yeah. In and, its and, own it, way. and to make a comparison, I think by the time the stoicism and it's it's also the the thing with her relationship with Dr. Palmer is like allowing the stoicism to slip away even for a little bit at the risk of kind of exposing her fragility is what allows her to gain the courage to tell Earl to go fuck off. And it really is like a, it is a scene that is so small. It's the thing that you've been talking about, Caroline, of how this is such a minor victory in the grand scheme of things. And it's actually not that dramatic in like a capital D sense of the term, but like, it is kind of like she tells her to like go fuck off and not touch her baby. And it is, it is exactly the same energy as Ripley saying, get away from her, get away from her. Like, like it's the exact, you know, it's the same level of, um, of, of, of like dramatic power there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think two points jumping in there really fast. It, she's not yelling at him, which I think is a really important yeah. like choice yep. to be made. It shows that strength. Exactly. It's a very matter of fact, just like get the fuck out of my life. And that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really important to kind of the, complete the full arc of the movie that she doesn't know she has the check to rely on when yeah. she yes. says, yeah. uh, fuck off, Earl. I don't want to deal with you anymore. She finds that check after, um, after she makes that choice, after she says, I'm going to rely on my community, my friends and the people around me to pick me up and elevate me in this moment oh, just kidding, here's a check that we don't ever actually see how much it see is. See the dollar amount? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. Super important thing. It's uh, just her reaction, which is yeah, all you need. 
Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and it is that thing too of like, I mean, and I think, I think very realistically as well. Um, I, th- I mean, I think that this is just like a thing uh, in human psychology where like, if she would have seen not not even speaking just purely narratively but i think it works narratively and realistically as well where like if she would have seen the check Mm -hmm. you know it's it's like the telltale heart thing right it's like it's like oh my god now that i know now that there is something that like there now that there is a secret i have to keep it's going to eat away at me and like it becomes how do i keep from earl the money like how do i Mm -hmm. how do i hide that and so like i think it's a really good point too because there is a because then it gets you into that one two punch territory of like you know i yes she is able to do that because she has already made that choice to like oh. the people around her hi ripley that's the other ripley she uh she uh she got her 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 claws stuck on my pants and then ah um, oh, poor baby she's a little she's a little idiot but no yeah. um but like you know there is that thing of like she has earned that money mm-hmm. by like being nice and receptive and like caring to this old man who everybody who who he wants everyone to hate him oh yeah that's um, his whole bit that's his whole fucking bit and she walks like, around and is like you should you. fucking hate me yeah yeah like like i see through you you're a fucking person you're jaded you have got your own shit going on but like you know like let's just let's just like deal with one another right like let's like let, yeah. let's get each other through so she does earn the money but mm-hmm. then there is the um the one the two of the one two punch is she doesn't get it until she like you said Corey, like lets the other people yeah. in um and tell and tells earl to go fuck himself um so it is that really nice like you know it's not a film about how if you are it is both a film about like hey if you're nice to people they'll be nice to you back and maybe help you out when you're in a pinch but it is not a film about how you should be nice to the old man because mm-hmm. if the if the old shitty dude in your life if you just break through, then you'll get out of your shitty situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yes. it's like that comes back to help her in the end, but it's not the moral, the end all be all moral of the tale. It because is... we get that sense that like, even if she didn't get that check, she would have been able to go like crash on couches or in the guest bedroom because she just had a baby. Yeah. So I would hope they'd put her up in a guest bedroom, but yeah. like, you know, of, of the people she works with and the people, the other people she cares about. Yeah. It's, it's the, I mean, you already beat me to mentioning Spider-Man this episode, but it's the, it's the Spider-Man two theme. It's the, you know, part of responsibility is what you get back from responsibility as well. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, this movie is incredibly sweet. Um, like a pie, like a pie, like a pie. Can I God, admit I want pie? Can I admit something to you too? Do you not yeah. like pie? I don't really like pie. Okay, I'll bake you a I, pie one day. Why would? Then why would you do that? Because I'll convince you. I'll you make you a really good one with friendship pie. So incredible, a friendship pie so good that it will it will change my my. What, I make now, a mean pie. Seven. I believe you. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Um, I also, I, I got to share another, I told Corey this before you got on the call, Caroline, but, uh, I think it needs to be said in the podcast. Cause I, I've mentioned this several times. The other big connecting thread of love month is I'm doing a lot of movies. My mom likes, yes. um, and we, I'm sure she saw That's it. That's the kind on, of love you love your mom. I do love my mom. It's true. Um, and <laughs> I'm sure she saw this on Instagram because she texted me like, what was it like two days ago? And I texted the both of you this, she just texts me out of the blue. 
I love Love and Basketball. That's one of my favorite movies. Like three exclamation points. I'm sure she just saw Corey's post about it on Instagram. She liked our yes. story right before like you sent me that Like the story. Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, plug, uh, go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd. At H-H-Y-N-S-Pod. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Please follow us. And, Reshare. Uh, <laughs> Listen to our show. We love you so much. Another kind of so love. Much. The love we, we have for our listeners. We love you like a pie, except not me because I don't love pie. Um, I love you like a cake, dear audience. Um but so my mom texts me that and I was like, I was kind of like, yeah, mom, that's the point. Like I've watched that movie a lot with you when I was a kid. Like I remember that that was like the whole bit. Um, and then I called her while I was rewatching waitress. I didn't like, I didn't get midway through waitress and be like, I gotta call my mom. Like my mom called me and I had to pause the movie. Um, but I was talking to her and she's like, Oh, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm rewatching waitress. She's like the musical. I'm like, no, the movie. And she goes, Oh, I don't really think I like the movie very much. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? Excuse me? And she's like, no, I, I I, don't know. Have I ever seen it? I was like, I watched it with you, mom, in high school. I know I did. And she's like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. Well, I just, the musical's just so good. I don't really think I like the movie. And I was like, okay. So actually, so I, I lied to everyone. I guess my mom doesn't like this movie very much. <laughs> My well, favorite correction. Yeah. No, I come out on the show. I, I feel that there are I, I, I do enjoy being in that age where like you tell your parents a memory from childhood oh. and you both look at each other and you're like, fucking what? What, what are you talking yeah, about? That's weird. And it's just like like I had this, I had this moment a few years ago mm-hmm. where like I like the town that I was born in was not before moving to the great city where we all met, uh wasn't you know, it was it didn't have the best schools. And so uh, my parents, like they enrolled me in a private school um, for like the first two years of my life. And then when we mm-hmm. moved to a better suburb, they were like, they're like, ah, public schools are fine. We're not paying all this fucking money to like. Yeah, but like fair enough. And but it was it was a Catholic school because um, like whatever. Uh, it was just like what the private school that was in the area. And so. Like years later, uh, we were going to New York City and I had been there before and I was like, oh, mom, we should go like check out this like church. Like it's supposed to like the architecture is really beautiful. Like my mom always sang in like the church choir when I was a kid, like blah, 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 blah. And then like we're driving, we're driving. And I'm just like, I was like, yeah, like I'm really excited to go see that church with you. And she's like, yeah, why'd you want to go see that? I'm like, well, I just figured you would like it because, you know, we had seen some churches and some other places where we had gone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and like, because you're Catholic. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm just like, you're, you're, you're Catholic. I'm just like, no, I'm not. Incredible. I'm like, so yes, you are. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, what do you mean? I was like, you took us to church every weekend. You sang in the church choir. Like we went to Catholic school and she was <laughs> like, yeah, because the schools weren't good. And I was like, yeah, but like you always took us to church. She's like, we had to go to church to keep you in the school. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, but why were you involved? And she's like, well, I liked going to church. And so I went because I, if I went to another church, they wouldn't let us send you to the school. And I was like, because we moved. And then when she didn't have to go to church anymore, we stopped going to church. We never talked about it again. And I was six years old when we moved. And I was like, huh. She's like, yeah, I'm Presbyterian. I was like, <laughs> I was like, we just never talked about it ever again. So that's, oh, that's fun. 
I do. I do want you. I do want you to know, Caroline, that uh, Presbyterian is the funniest denomination to put in into that story. (laughs) It sure is. I also found out that my mom smoked until I was like seven or eight years old, and she just hit it. Oh, 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 Caroline. Oh, yeah. Because she said. She said. uh, She told us. She's like, I smoked, and then when I got pregnant with my my older sister, who was who was the firstborn, she was like, Mm -hmm. then when I got pregnant with your older sister, I quit. And it's like, oh, okay. And then like 10 years later, she's like, yeah. And then like, when we finally moved, uh, when we finally moved, I thought that was like a nice, like time to quit, to finally quit smoking. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I, and she's like, yeah. And I was like, I was like, you told me you stopped when you got pregnant with like my older sister. And she was like, well, yeah, but then I started back up again after you were born. <laughs> I was like, anyway, Corey, this is just fun things to learn about your mom as an adult. Yeah. Corey, you got to promise not to post this audio anywhere because my mom will not listen to this episode, but she will look at our <laughs> social media. Yeah, I don't you love it when you find out that your mom secretly smoked your entire life? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty common thing that happens. Um, so back to this movie. Back to Waitress. Uh, I do I, I do need to call out the Fillion thing because what, what did you do? have we ever talked about nathan fillion properly caroline what's your i don't think so yeah. um i i i think he is always very good yeah i think he is always he's he's never let me down he always understands the assignment i think mm-hmm. he is i think he is a he is a smart hunk who mm-hmm. is deceptively more versatile than people i think give him credit for yeah but he's no also one that always should be that funny. Exactly. Yes. yes. Exactly. Um, but I've heard he's an asshole to work with. Really? Oh, that's, that's unfortunate. Sucks. Well, actually, I take that back. I take that back. I have heard that like that he and the his co-lead on Castle fucking hated each other and made it everyone else's problem. Uh, I should okay. say. So I don't know how okay. much of that is his fault. Yeah, yeah. But Yes, I I will say it's I think Fillion's got a very similar thing. I I always kind of think of him in my head as like one evolution down in the in the to be clear in the uh, Pokemon evolution ladder is is the metaphor I'm making of of like a Brendan Fraser. Like he's he's very much a B-list Brendan Fraser where he's like a little bit too smart to be the like best action star of all time, but like way too pretty to be just like a weird character actor. Yes. Yeah. So accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, too smart to be Rick O'Connell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too pretty to die. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But I, I do think I, I think that he's got he's pretty well cast in this situation. Obviously, he and Russell have uh, very good, very weird chemistry um, because it's really the kind of thing where those two actors have to sell that they have like a burningly passionate sexual desire for each other. <laughs> like while Carrie Russell kind of scowls at him and says two words at a time. And he just like says medical jargon back to her. Yeah. And it's like, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And he's such a silly little goofy, goofy dude. The yeah. scene where she's yeah. like sitting on his lap, facing him, feeding him stuff is like one of the cutest things I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Very sweet. so endearing. And it's and it um, to kind of bring back the thing I said earlier. I like the there is part of that dynamic between the two of them, where there it's it's not like it makes I, it doesn't make sense if this movie ends up with the two of them running away together because it is just like so that is not the story being told. And part of that dynamic is like, 
well, this isn't really a movie about a love story that's so incredible that it makes a man leave his wife and a woman leave her husband. It's a story about like these two people, which is the thing I kind of talked about before with every character, like these two people happen to be at the right place at the right time. And they really got dealt a shitty hand. And maybe if they were in, you know, a better place at a better time and they got dealt a better hand, they would have had some incredible love story. But even then, who knows? And it's really just like a, yeah, they decided to do a bad thing so that later they could do a good thing. And like, yeah, and it's, I mean, it is that thing uh, we were kind of talking about earlier of it's just like, it is about smallness. Yeah. And it's, it is nice that you know uh it isn't a movie that's like about like comeuppance where it's like it's like and then like and then because they cheated like like earl never finds out his wife never finds out there's never because like a, a way, 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 way shittier version of this movie that I can just like imagine in my head mm-hmm. is like the wife finds out it goes public, Earl finds out shit hits the fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Climax of this film is, you know, is that. Um yeah. and it's just like two human people with some human needs for like compassion find each other when they need each other for for a brief moment and uh and it and it helps them kind of weather the storm but ultimately it's fine that that doesn't lead to anything greater or bigger like yeah. her her like yes I, I i do to a large degree i do to a large degree believe that like if you're in dire straits like you typically do need help you can't just like and it's like the horrible obnoxious like why didn't she just leave him like narrative mm-hmm. that like always gets like you know circulated about people in abusive uh situations but it's like it's like generally speaking like you can't just wake up one day and be like i've had enough i'm done it's like yeah. you generally need some kind of somebody to help you to like push you to care for you to like help you transition out of things like that so I like that, you know, it's kind of a wake up call for her where it's like, oh, shit, like somebody can actually be like nice and actually care about me. Yeah, that's something like, I deserve. Yeah and, yeah. and it can be a nice like safe haven for her that she needs to get out of there. But it is not a film about how like, well, if you're if your partner is shitty, if your partner is abusive, if your partner is bad, go find a good one. That's yeah. how you get out of that situation. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like. To kind of speak on that, to expand on that, I have like two points. The uh, I li- I really like the choice that when we do meet his wife, they seem very sweet with each other. Yes, and you get this, and I think it's a, a thing about this movie that I, I really fucking admire. Is it's just like it's it's efficient as fuck in its storytelling, and it's that thing where like earlier. It's just it's that like one sentence thing he says where she's like, oh, well, you and your wife. And he's like, like, are you happy with your wife? And he's like, "Um," you know, and you get like, no, he's not happy. He hasn't been happy in a long time. But then you get the scene of seeing him with the wife and his lover in the same room. And I think a worse movie might kind of might might do a thing where you can tell that he's like visually uncomfortable, like being around his wife in any capacity. And that's not the thing. The thing with. Dr. Palmer with Nathan Fillion's character is like, 
this dude is like so much of a fucking quote unquote nice guy that like he lacks the emotional intelligence to be able to communicate to his wife that he has needs like and that has so gotten away from him that like the only way he can like rectify it himself is by like cheating on her with another woman and like that's shitty like don't do that you know like make your needs known. agreed agreed yeah, yeah. Agreed. And, like, and then also just another thing i gotta call out that like it's fucking film school 101 shit, but it's so clean and it's so good. And so many writers and directors fail at this shit that it's it's always it's just impressive to see somebody do a do a visual theme and just see it done well. Is that like the whole reason that she you see it very minutely, it's a very subtle thing in Carrie's performance, but like that she starts to have interest in this guy and you can tell that he has interest in her is that he eats the pie and he's like, this pie fucking rules. This is yes. great pie. And because the movie has done all the work to associate Jenna's pies as like the visual signifier of her like emotional expression upon the world that like, yeah, that's the fucking metaphor. He eats the pie. He loves the pie. That means that he is somebody who is willing to love and accept Jenna for who she is because that's what the pies, you know, represents. You know, yes. it's like, yeah, it's like, it's so fucking basic, but it's good. It works. It's simple and clean and good. And I love it. Well, can I, can I wrap us up with like one really fun anecdote about the musical? Yes, please. Yes, I would please. love that. So the musical had a uh, pie consultant who would bake fresh pie pies every day in the theater for them to use on stage. And then it filled the Brooks Atkinson with like the aroma of, of pie. pie. That sounds cool. The plane of the theater, it just smelled like you were inside a bakery. Mm -hmm. um, and then they also sold little mini jarred pies. Um, and to this day, waitress is the most money I have ever spent uh, at a Broadway theater because um, the little mini pies were some of the best things I've ever eaten. So we spent, we ended up spending $40 on little mini pies. Um, and then because I was a little tipsy and having the time of my life, I also spent $90 on an oven mitt. Hey. And that's my waitress anecdote. Does it, is the oven mitt like it's Sarah Bareilles' face and when you grab a hot pan, it's like she's biting it? If not, <laughs> they should do that. That'd be No, but now I wish it was. No, yeah. it's really cute. And I'm actually really upset because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a picture of it. Right, uh, now it's can you see that do you see that now it's twenty dollars oh, oh, it's that. really That's cute dumb. but now it's twenty dollars so oh, Lord. um but the real point of that story was that they made like 32 fresh pies every week for that show that and is above oh, and beyond so good wow wow well uh what a good movie caroline any closing thoughts on waitress um no I think it is uh, it is a great movie, and um, it is very unfortunate that um, Adrian Shelley was taken from us so young. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I never know in things like that with, with with things like that, like how much to get into or not get into it on the podcast. Because like, what fucking right do I have? Um, so I'll just say that is that I I did a little bit of reading about um what happened and that just very understatement of the year it's extremely unfortunate and um uh this movie rules and yeah. i love this movie yeah. and yeah. uh r.i.p yeah. r.i.p uh well Corey, would you like to tell the fun folks at home where they can find more of this podcast i would love to 
If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review would also really help out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at HHYNSPod. Very special thank you to our patrons. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, including currently our Legacy sequel series, and uh, more specifically, the series that both of them are sort of dreading, but sort of loving, the Star Wars uh, sequel series, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash HHYNSPod. Next one's Last Jedi, and I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I fucking Carson, I feel like you'll Last appreciate Jedi. this. Um, yeah. and I'll cut it if you don't. I told Caroline, um, and I mean, I do truly mean this with adoration and nothing but respect. Mm-hmm. When I was editing the Force Awakens episode, I thought mm-hmm. maybe at least seven or eight separate times, God, I just want to give them a wedgie. <laughs> I mean, hey, we, we are who we are. It's what we deserve. <laughs> Oh God! All What's right. Next week. Next week. Finishing out Love Month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're yeah. gonna take. <laughs> we're gonna take a hard right turn because I'm a weird person and I like talking about weird things. Uh, so next week we are going to be talking about the Judd Apatow romantic comedy Trainwreck, written and starring Amy Schumer. That's that's what we're gonna be talking about. And LeBron James. And LeBron James. And LeBron James. And Bill Hader. A lot of people. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Larson. (laughs) Mike Birbiglia. Your microphone cut out, so I'll say it again for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I I, I went too high. Uh, So, yeah, next week we're going to talk train wreck. We're going to finish out Love Month. We'll see you then. Mm